The reading is taken from Revelation chapter 3, verses 30, verses 3, 14 to 22. To the church in Laodicea. Jesus says, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Io, very much for reading for us. We are looking on Sunday mornings at various places where Jesus says, I will do something, the promises of Jesus. There is so much uncertainty around, so much fear and anxiety, that when we just fill ourselves with all the news around, it can be very, very difficult and depressing. And I want us as a church to lift our eyes to God and look at some of the things where God has said he will do particular things. And today's promise comes from verse 20 of our reading, where Jesus says that if any of us open up our lives to him, I will come in. Now, two weeks ago, we looked at the promise of Jesus where he says, I will build my church. Uh, and last week, we gathered uh, as a car park church, a wonderful gathering of three or 400 of us. Uh, the video is now available. And if you haven't seen this, if you weren't there, uh, please do watch that. You can see that on our YouTube channel. There's a link on our Facebook page. But it was wonderful to gather as a big church together, whereas most of the time we're in our small groups and in our homes or watching online. Uh, let's pray now that the risen Jesus will come and speak to each one of us, whether we're here in the building now or whether we're watching from home or anywhere else. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you rose from the dead that first Easter and ascended to sit with your Father on his throne. We praise you that you reign. 
Pour out your Holy Spirit on us this morning, on me as I speak, and on us as we listen, wherever we are. And may we hear you knocking on the doors of our hearts today. We ask in your name. Amen. So the big picture here is of your life as a house with a door. And Jesus is on the outside of that door knocking, saying, may I come in. Now, of course, many of us watching are Christians. We've invited Jesus into the house of our life. But he tends to go around all the doors within the house, knocking on them, saying, can I come into that one as well? Can I come into the the office or the study, your workplace? Can I come into the lounge, your leisure time? Can I come into the kitchen, just the day-to-day reality? I want to come into the bedroom, the place of intimacy, the deepest things about us. Uh, The risen Lord Jesus knocks away, first of all, at the outside door to our house, if you like, and then slowly works his way through our whole life. And it was wonderful interviewing Katie earlier to see how she had asked him into her life, first of all, and then how God is slowly working through different parts of her life uh, as he makes his home in her. Uh, This letter to the church in Laodicea came to the Apostle John as an old man uh, in a vision from the risen Jesus. There were seven letters to different churches. This is written to a town called Laodicea. And the image of water was very significant to Laodicea. Laodicea didn't have its own water supply. On the one hand was the town of Colossae, and on the other hand was the town of Hierapolis. One of them had a hot spring. I think that was Colossae. And one of them was on a river. I think that was Hierapolis. It might have been the other way around. Sometimes I muddle them up. But either way, the water was piped in to Laodicea. If it came from Colossae, the hot water had cooled down and was lukewarm by the time it reached Laodicea. If it came from Hierapolis, the water was pumped from the river where it was cool, but by the time on the hot sun it had got there, it had warmed up a bit. And either way, the people of Laodicea, their water was pretty lukewarm, and tepid water does not taste nice. And Jesus is speaking to a church which had become lukewarm. And he says, I wish you were either cold or hot, but you're lukewarm and it makes me want to spit you out of my mouth. Now that is shocking words to hear from the risen Jesus. We know that God has made us and loves us and wants relationship with us. But the thing that most upsets Jesus is a sort of half-hearted relationship where we're lukewarm. Uh, For me, that was my experience as a teenager. I grew up in a Christian family. God was real. I learned to pray. Jesus was real. But through my teens, I was a bit distant from God. There were times each summer on a script union camp where I was very happy with my Christian faith. Most of the rest of the year, I wasn't. And I felt I was torn two ways. I certainly wasn't living with Jesus as my Lord. And I was lukewarm. And to be honest, it was miserable. I had a fresh start at 18 when I started at university as a student. And an old wise Christian who knew me quite well said, Jonathan, do you believe this is true? And I said, yes, I do. And he said to me, why don't you live like it then? We've got a fresh start. Why don't you invite Jesus into every part of your life and bow your knee to him as your Lord and live like it? And I realized that was the right thing to do, though I didn't feel very excited about it. Uh, And I bowed my knee to Jesus as Lord. And I just thought it meant life was going to be tough. Now, life is tough in many ways. But what 
completely bowled me over was the joy that came into my life as Jesus came into every part of my life. Uh, And in the years since then, nearly 40 years since then, I say to people, if you want to be miserable, I know how you can do that. Be a half-hearted Christian. It is absolutely miserable. And if you want to be miserable, that's the best way I recommend. But if you want to know joy, then invite Jesus into your life. He is the source of all joy and love and hope. And it was wonderful uh, interviewing Katie earlier and hearing something of her story. How there she was, lonely and angry and anxious and struggling. And she invited God into her life. And now she knows she's part of his big family and she's never alone anymore. And instead of that anger, there's a calm growing and a joy which I've seen in her as well. Uh, Now I want to show a picture that was painted of this verse. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you may have seen this before. Uh, This is a picture called The Light of the World, painted by an artist called Holman Hunt. And it's a picture of Jesus in his kingly robes. He's the king of kings and lord of lords, knocking on the door of a house. And the idea is that the house represents your life and the door represents the way into your life, the door to your life. And there are all sorts of weeds growing up outside the door and the bolts looking a bit rusty because this door has never been opened. And Jesus is knocking there saying, can I come in? Uh, He's there holding a lantern because he is the light of the world. And when he comes into our life, he brings his light into all the dark places. That can be quite uncomfortable, but as we deal with them, he gives us a good spring clean inside and fills those places with his light and his joy. He's wearing kingly robes because he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And on his head, he has a crown. But if you look closely you'll see as a crown of thorns because that was the only crown that men gave him when he walked this earth 2,000 years ago. Well, when Holman Hunt painted this picture, he had a man standing there as a model for him, wearing the robe so he could get all the shading and the bits right. And after he'd finished his picture, uh, the story goes that he asked this man's son, who was about eight, nine or ten, what he thought of his picture. And this boy was a bit precocious and he said, well, it's a good picture, Mr. Hunt, but you've made a mistake. And Holman Hunt was a bit surprised. He'd taken a lot of time planning this picture. He said, well, tell me what that is. And the boy said, that door, there's no handle on it, Uh, which is absolutely true. Uh, And Holman Hunt said, no, that's a good spot. You're right. But actually, that's not a mistake. The only handle to this door is on the inside. You can only open it from the inside. God will never force his way into your life. He knocks on the door and waits for us to invite him in. God is love and love will never force itself, just invites. And as we heard from Katie, God did that gently and slowly. He answered her cry for help by putting an idea in her mind to move back to Leamington. He gave her the strength to work hard to get the deposit to come. Uh, He got a friend to suggest she came to our midweek toddler group, Tiddley's Praise. He got one of our Christian people in this church to come and talk with her and pray with her and encourage her to come on Sundays and come to the Alpha course. And then at the point on the Alpha course where we say to anyone who's ready, would you like to invite God to come into your life? Katie said yes and prayed a prayer inviting God into her life. And that was when the difference started. And it's been 
an absolute wonder to have Katie as part of our church family and to see God working within her, uh, just as he did in me all those years ago. The difference I found as a student was that I slowly became more me, the person he's made me to be. I used to wear one mask at home and another at school and a different one with different friends. And slowly down the years, God's helped me to be the real me. There's still a little bit of work to go on that and God is still working. He hasn't finished yet on me. Now, if you are a Christian and you've invited Jesus into your life, sometimes there's a danger that we leave him standing in the hallway and he goes around knocking on the other doors. Can I come into the lounge, your leisure time? Can I come into your office or study where you work? Can I come into the kitchen or the bedroom? He wants to be at home in all of our life. And I, I want to invite you, if you're Christians, to invite Jesus into every area of your life. That is the way to joy. But I want to speak especially this morning to anyone who is where Katie was uh, a year or so ago, who's wondering about inviting Jesus into their life. If you're right at the beginning of that quest, I encourage you to sign up for our Alpha course through our website, Monday evenings, starting tomorrow week. Uh, or if you can't do that, then do send an email and we can get in touch and help you. Uh, but some will have been thinking about God for a while. Some will have been exploring the questions. You may have done an Alpha course yourself or thinking, well, how do I ask God into my life? How does that work? Now, I heard a talk when I was a teenager about this, which I've never forgotten. Uh, the speaker had a picture that I've just shown you of Holman Hunt knocking on the door. Then he turned the picture around and he said, here's a picture of the inside of that door. And there were four bolts on it. And he said, these four bolts uh, have got four words. And just to make it easy for you to remember, they begin with A, B, C, D. And he, made, he said four things for like unsliding the bolts so you could open the door. And I've never forgotten that. The first bolt, the A bolt, was that we have something to admit. We have to admit before God that we need his help that we've sinned, that we've got things wrong, we've tried to live our life without him. Uh, and we stand in danger of God's judgment. We don't deserve him. He is holy and we're not. Now the church in Laodicea, this letter that this verse came in, was quite a proud town. It was quite wealthy. It was a banking centre. They'd invented an eye ointment that was expensive but effective and they had some rich clothing. And they felt they were pretty fine. They didn't really need God. And Jesus said to them these words in verse 17 and 18. You say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth and don't need a thing. But you don't realise that inwardly you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. And he went on to say uh, that he counselled them to come to him, to buy from me gold in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. And then something for the eyes as well. Uh, salve for the eyes so they could see. Jesus is taking the imagery of Laodicea and bringing it into an individual response. Now, I don't know how it is for you, but whoever you are, all of us fall short of God's standards. And the first bolt we have to slide open on the door is to admit that we've sinned, that we've got things wrong, that we need to be forgiven. Uh, the second bolt belongs with a bee. And this is, there's something for us to believe. That when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for all our sin, that he loves us. In verse 19 of our reading, uh, Jesus says, those whom I love, 
I rebuke and discipline. Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts because he loves us, though there is stuff that needs sorting out. And we need to believe that God loves us, that he is good. God has made this wonderful world for us. Uh, it's a fantastic world. He doesn't force us to be in relationship with him, but he invites us. And though we've all got things wrong, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for all our sin. The visual imagery of baptism is that God has a way of washing us clean on the inside. I heard another talk as a teenager which helped me to understand what happened on the cross. Uh, and it went something like this. We used this illustration on the Alpha course and you may have seen it. Uh, I remember I was about 15 or 16 and the speaker said, imagine that this hand represents you and the light up there represents God. And imagine that this book, forget the fact it's the Bible for now, represents a record of your life. There's some good things in there. There's also a whole load of things that you're ashamed of where you've fallen short of God's standard. And he quoted a verse in the Bible that said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And what's happened is that our sin gets in the way of our relationship with God. Uh, we might try and pray and wonder if there's anybody listening. And then the speaker said, let this hand over here represent Jesus, who never sinned, who was in perfect relationship with God, his heavenly father. And he quoted the rest of the verse, that on the cross, God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. So there's my life and your life and the life of the whole world. And I knew that on the cross, Jesus had cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This, this sort of cloud came between him and God of our sin as Jesus paid the price for our sin. Now, I'd grown up going to church in the Sunday school and I believed those things. I believed there were things wrong in my life that I had to repent of. I believed that Jesus had paid the price for my sin. But something fell into place for me. I often say the penny dropped for me. When the speaker said, now look back at your hand, where has the sin gone? And I realized it wasn't there anymore. Jesus had paid the price for it. And the way for me to be in relationship with God as my father was open. And so the second bolt on the door is to believe that God loves you, that Jesus has made it possible for you to be forgiven and to come into relationship with God. Uh, the third bolt begins with a C. It's something to consider. We have something to admit that we fall short of God's standards. We have something to believe that God loves us and Jesus died on the cross for us. We have something to think about, to consider. And that is, what will it mean to follow Jesus? It's not easy to follow him, though it is wonderful. And we encourage people to think this through. It's always good to pray a God help prayer, as Katie did. It's always good to come and find out. And that's why on our Alpha course, we don't pressurize anybody. We take time to think about questions people have. And there's never a pressure until that pressure from God himself when he comes knocking on the door, uh, as Katie heard on that day when she said, come in. Uh, you might think it's going to be really difficult to have God in your life. And obviously, we have to clean up our life. He helps us. But it is far, far more costly to keep God on the outside. We're made to live with God at the center. And trying to live without him is ultimately unsustainable and eternally disastrous. You saw the candle I gave to Katie. Uh, ultimately, we're part of the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. And God gives us the freedom to choose to be part of his kingdom of light. And you need to consider those things. 
And then the fourth bolt, beginning with D, there's something to do. And that is simply to say a prayer that says, God, I'm sorry for living with you outside my life. Thank you that you love me and Jesus died for me. Please come in. And if we could put up the promise from verse 20 again, Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. It's an absolute promise. And eat with him. There's close relationship. Katie said she never feels alone anymore and she can pray and talk with God and know he's there all the time. And that is my experience and the experience of thousands, millions of Christians down the years, that there is a relationship with God. So I want to lead you in a prayer now. For those of you who are Christians, you may uh, find there's an area of your life where Jesus is knocking on the door. As I prayed myself earlier this morning, I felt he was knocking on the door of a particular place, a cupboard in my life where there's a whole lot of clutter that just needs sorting out and clearing up and I need to open that door to him. Uh, But it may be this is the first you've heard of this and you just want to come and sign up for our Alpha course and pray God help me understand it. But for anybody who's ready to ask Jesus into their life, I want to lead you in a prayer that says, sorry, thank you, and please come in. So let's pray together now. Lord Jesus, we praise you for your great love for us, that you died on the cross for our sin, that you rose again, and that you're knocking on the door of our lives saying, please, can I come in? And for anyone who wants to open that door, I pray this prayer for them to echo. Lord Jesus, I know I've got things wrong in my life. I'm sorry for living life without you. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for the things I'm ashamed of. Thank you that you love me and you died on the cross for me so I can be forgiven. Thank you that you want to come in and wash me clean of all the sin and all the hurt. Please come into my life now by your Holy Spirit. Come in, as you say, to eat with me, to live closely with me. I want to know that I'm never alone. Please come in and shine your light into the dark areas and bring your healing and joy. And I ask these things in your name. Amen. And let me just lead in a prayer for you and anybody else who's prayed that. Father, we pray for everybody watching, whether they've been Christians for many years and are inviting you afresh into every part of their life or whether they've just invited you in for the first time. Come and assure them by your Holy Spirit that you've heard that prayer and you are, uh, you've come in and please make yourself known and bring joy and life. And for all those who aren't quite ready for that, we pray you'll lead them to discover more of the truth about who you are. And we pray all these things in your great name. Amen.